0: Well, market sentiment has been hit by the explosions in Kabul this morning, but not astronomically. Markets really are waiting to see what Jerome Powell says in the Not In Jackson Hole Symposium tonight. Bonds are going nowhere in anticipation, whilst locally it's all about living with COVID, a bit of reopening in New South Wales, a National Cabinet meeting today to look at the plan going forward. But as we've seen everywhere, opening up doesn't stop people being off sick, creating supply chain problems and labour shortages. It's Friday, the 27th of August, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is up a quarter percent on the DXY this morning, with the Aussie dollar and sterling both down half a percent. The Canadian dollar down three quarters of a percent. Uh, The euro less than 0.2 percent down, though. And US stocks falling today. The Dow, S&P and Nasdaq all sliding about half a percent. They're down in Europe, too, and 0.4 percent fall in the DAX almost as much for the FTSE 100 and bond markets are quiet back to waiting to see what Jerome Powell has to say and oil is down a 1.5% fall in Brent crude this morning so there is a shift in risk sentiment and a lot of that is down to the twin bomb attacks that you might have heard about uh, as you wake up this morning which has killed 60 people or more uh, including at least 11 US Marines and a Navy medic in in Afghanistan Uh, let's look at that first of all with David Degas from NAB in London so markets I mean, they've largely ignored the turmoil in Afghanistan till now, haven't they? But then, you know, mm. there, there clearly is a, a connection between the way the markets have gone this morning and this horrific event. Uh, it's, it's, mm. hit, it's hit confidence. It's, uh, the US dollars lifted. Equities are down. And I guess also, you know, it's not looking good for um, I'm sure he'll survive it, but uh, for Biden's presidency. There was a poll by USA Today which shows only one in four approved of how he's managed the evacuations from Kabul. And that was before today's news so uh, mm. the strength of this mm. presidency could be a long-term impact of all of this as well
1: well we had those uh, warnings didn't we phil mm. in past 24 hours about you know the likelihood of an attack and you just never know whether that was an announcement effect but obviously um you know the the, the, uh, the security agencies and so forth must have been sensing something and it's being attributed to isis k the local isis uh, branch. Uh, but of course, you know, all, the, all this information is still unfolding as we speak uh, now, Phil. So it's interesting that you know, look at markets today. As you said, uh, commodity currencies were down. We've seen uh, gold tick up. We've seen the VIX up, you know, a couple of points, uh, but bonds unchanged. And the movement in currencies doesn't put them outside their recent ranges. So it's, look, it is a bit of an effect that is detectable, but so far, Um, It's been pretty contained hasn't it and um, you know they're into the 11th hour of the evacuation so very vulnerable at that time of course
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's still more, more, isn't there, more interest in the markets about what's going to be said uh, at the end of today uh, uh, from Jerome Powell. More hawkish sentiment coming from members of the Fed like Esther George saying it's important to get started on scaling back the the pace of bond buying. Robert Kaplan uh, saying he'd like it to start in October. Uh, Presumably, all of these hawks will change their tune if the job numbers go backwards.
1: Well, that's going to be the important thing. It was always going to be driven by the data, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, and I go back to that speech that Lao Brainard gave at the end of July on, um, you know, when she spoke about the, she gave her guidance on what she was looking for as far as labour market improvement. she's looking for uh, the losses as of December, two th- thirds of those to be made up. So, On that metric, Phil, um, they're still $2 plus shy of that target. Now, Mm. everyone has their own view on what that sort of improvement should be. I mean, Bullard talking about he's worried about house prices and all those sorts of issues. So uh, there's a lot of things surrounding that. But I would think that they would be uh, at least one, probably two payrolls away from ticking the box on, yes, it's time to taper. And, of course, you know, we've got the considerations of uh, the Delta virus, as you were speaking about on the podcast yesterday, and whether that will have any impact on the payrolls number next week. So, you know, the the market PMI for the US that came out earlier this week was even referencing the fact that staffing levels in the US had, had increased at the slowest rate since July 2020 now whether that maps to the payrolls we don't know the market's looking for an 800,000 plus so a pretty good number again but it will be driven by that will be driven by you know what happens to inflation but i still think that they're probably one or two away and um i doubt very much that that uh, power will be making any sort of formal taper announcement. I mean, he, he, it's an FOMC decision, isn't it? It's not yeah. a, a Jay Powell decision. So that's not going to come today.
0: No, maybe he'll give a uh, an announcement on the, uh, on, on the timing of when the announcement will be. Perhaps that's the best, uh, which is quite good for a central bank, isn't it? Telling yeah. us when they're going to tell us when they're going to do something. <laughs> well,
1: I don't even think he'll be that specific. But he, <laughs> he's going to talk about the improvement, the yeah. risks. Yeah. He's been very unspecific about that because... Yeah one of those things that he he doesn't know exactly what it's like until he gets there. But, um, you know, I take Brainard as my, uh, you know, guidance on that. So I think there's still probably, if it was a super-duper one, and that would surprise the market, then Mm. that would obviously give voice to the likes of Bullard and Kaplan and um, George that we heard from today. But, of course, they're non-voters on the FOMC. But at least it's September twenty-two. Phil, we may well see some dissents Um, uh, possible uh, uh, in the minutes, probably not in the formal statement, but in the minutes
0: perhaps. Which we've been seeing in the ECB. We'll come to that in in just a second. But just on tonight with Jerome Powell, I mean, there's Mm. not much movement at all in bonds. You know, everyone's on a holding pattern to wait and see what he says tonight. But if he's not going to say anything, <laughs> what, do I, what do the bonds do? Do they, do they just stay where they are? Or do oh, they? Or, or is there an expectation that he is going to say something so there's going to be a response because he hasn't said anything? You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, it, look, let's face it. It hasn't been a big news week as far no. as the bond market is concerned in the US. And there have been reams of things written about Powell tonight and uh, many a word has been spoken about what he will or won't say. But I doubt very much it's going to be – whenever the Fed chairman, a chairperson speaks, it's a big event for markets, right? So the market certainly pays attention to it. But will it move bonds? Uh, will it use, move the US dollar in a big way? I'd be surprised. I mm. think he's he's going to be quite cautious. Well, so, um,
0: And there's no yeah. – I mean, if it, if it is all dependent on jobs, there's no clear indicator, is there? So if we look at, for example, uh, the initial jobless claims for last week, and obviously, you know, the big number is going to be next week uh, with non-farm mm-hmm. payrolls, but the, but the weekly numbers – uh, went backwards a bit in that the claims went up, which is not the direction we want to see. So have we well, another- even, even
1: the, yeah, even those claims numbers are not telling us about the hiring aspect, are they? No. I mean, they're a very indirect measure of that. They are trending lower, but ever so slowly lower. So, mm. and of course, um, you know, half the states are still paying the enhanced unemployment benefits. And of course, schools haven't gone back yet. So there's that and the Delta virus. So yep. we don't know those effects You know, how strong they are. And we won't know until after the fact. So Mm. if we wait for those, we may well be sort of November, December, FOMC to get a good run on those numbers.
0: Right. Uh, Central banks disagreeing with each other. Well, uh, nothing new in that. Perhaps the ECB, uh, we saw a bit of that, didn't we, in the the, the minutes of their last meeting. Disagreeing really about the inflation target, not as as to what the actual figure is, but how it's used, given, you know, if it's transient inflation, how long does it have to stay above 2% before it becomes an issue? Uh, and, uh, you know, if they're going to argue about that, then presumably they, they're going, there's going to be delay over tapering for, for some time while they get, reach, a, reach an agreement. I mean, you know, it could be a meeting or two before we get any clear direction, couldn't it?
1: Indeed, indeed. We haven't, um, you know, we know that Viedemann and others, um, you know, have got different views. And uh, was it uh, uh, the, um, uh, the Austrian central bank head, uh you know saying well we have to understand a little bit more about inflation dynamics let's not just jump the gun on this and of course they, those that group has been quite outspoken about the fact that when the when the pandemic emergency is over the p double p ends so yeah. um there's quite a lot in the melting pot there isn't there uh there phil so uh we won't probably get a good line on that until uh you know uh, the first quarter of next year but um it's far from unanimous, so yeah. it's good to see that there is this discussion about that. I guess.
0: Yeah, and fair to say, the euro isn't responding to ECB news in the same way that the US dollar is responding to Fed news. But actually, I guess that's that, that's fairly normal. But also, there's no, less direct. No, even-
1: even though the the euro numbers you know the growth numbers have been pretty good on the whole obviously big bottleneck issues but um that's a global uh, yeah. phenomenon rather than a european just a european one
0: yeah it is and uh, it's probably coming to australia as well isn't it look uh, let's look on our home turf uh, a very strong result for private capex for q2 for australia in fact a two year high so firms were ramping up their spending plans but little did they know i suspect what lay yes. ahead
1: Yes, yes. I, I think definitely the the important uh, announcement will probably be what we hear out of the National Cabinet meeting today as yeah. far as anything firm on plans of what to do when the vaccination rates get to 70 and 80%. I mean, that's what people will be interested in, right? That's what businesses will be interested in. Uh, and I think on this front, the New South Wales Premier seems to be leading the charge. I mean, their case numbers, it makes it pretty clear that any hopes of getting back to zero have d- or disappeared by the day. So, um, you know, there's been talk of perhaps those with vaccinations, you know, allowing, you know, pubs and restaurants and uh, sport to return, um, you know, homeschooling to end, you know, uh, all, all those types of things. So... Mm. We'll hear about that. I think that's what, the, what people are interested in, you know, when the lockdown will end in terms of its effect on, uh, on, on consumer behaviour and businesses being able to reopen again.
0: Yeah, but if you're saying that the staff have got to be vaccinated and the uh, customers have got to be vaccinated, I mean that's I mean that large parts of uh, of Sydney, for example, I mean the, the map of Sydney really is between those people who are getting infected and uh, not getting vaccinated versus those who are getting vaccinated and not getting affected effect- affected. So parts yes. of ta- parts of town <laughs> yes. will reopen and other parts won't. But the other thing well, is the other it's thing a is well strong incentive though, isn't it? It is. A, I guess it is a strong incentive. But the, I mean you will see infection numbers go up and you will experience. I mean the yes. hope that things will come bouncing back quickly uh, as you open up. Uh, I think there's a, a lesson that's been learnt in, in America and in Europe, isn't there, that things don't bounce back quickly because infection rates uh, shoot up, as we've certainly been seeing in the UK, and as infection rates shoot up shops have to close and people become yes. more cautious as well so you have less supply and less demand. Yeah.
1: Yes, goodness. We've, we're just getting over the pandemic here. So, um, yeah. you know, all those sorts of issues, staffing issues, and just listening to what the uh, interview was saying on BBC this morning about trying to recruit and train uh, HGV lorry drivers. So um, yeah. that was just one example. So it's very, very real for a lot of businesses
0: well, well, McDonald's has run out of milkshake in the UK, for goodness sake, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, very good for everyone's waistline, but uh, perhaps not good <laughs> for McDonald's bottom line. Uh, but uh, more significantly, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing, TMSE, the, the largest uh, maker of semiconductors in the world planning to increase their prices by 10 to 20 percent according to a report in the Wall Street Journal today so I mean all of that's pointing to this you know this this inflation I mean, you wonder how transitory it's going to be when you see numbers like that
1: well it just takes time doesn't it to yeah. um, you know Play get through. through these these bottleneck issues uh, yeah. things I think are moving in the in the right direction but it's not linear at all so uh to expect that it's going to be over in, you know within weeks or months, I think, is optimistic, to say the least. So we're going to hear these stories for quite some time.
0: And all all going to play into the core PC deflator for the US, uh, which we get later today for July. It was 3.5% year-on-year in June, and it's not going to fall, is it?
1: No, well, the market expects that number will be still uh, over 3 so looking Mm. for something like 3.5%. So what's going to be important? Well, we've already seen the... Uh, the CPI and, and, in essence, the core PC deflator reflects a lot of what we've already seen in PC in the CPI fills, uh, different weightings and so forth. But um, you know, three of those four big culprits were a lot lower in the last CPI. So the market thinks that core um, inflation will be up by point four, a little bit less than uh, sorry, point three, a little bit less than point four
0: we had last month. And retail sales as well for Australia out this morning for July, which it's going to be ugly, isn't it? Except for uh, DIY stores, perhaps. Maybe they'll do well. Well, there uh, you go. Because everyone's at home trying to do botched DIY jobs, and then it'll be very good for the tra- <laughs> tradies who try and fix them up, uh, hopefully in a couple of months' time. Uh, so we'll see what that brings us. But look, it's Jerome Powell tonight, isn't it? About midnight Sydney and Melbourne time. So we'll see what he's got to say. Good uh, you talk. your alarm uh, clocks. Sit your alarm clocks. Yeah, absolutely. Or uh, stay up and have a Jerome Powell party. How exciting would that be? Well, you don't have to get up early tomorrow. Uh, Uh, We'll catch you again very soon. Thanks, Dave. Not not too
1: soon, Philip. In a couple of weeks when I'm Uh, back uh, with you.
0: All right, okay. Have a good holiday. All right, cheers. Good on you, mate. Cheers. Yeah, he's uh, touring Scotland. Forgot all about that. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have a terrific time. We'll be back again on Monday morning for another edition of The Morning Call for NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. I'll see you then.